Hi, Pastor Rob here from City East Church and MTL Ministries. What you hold is true. Is it really truth? Will what you believe get you through on Judgment Day? Are you keeping to the pattern of sound teaching held out in Scripture? In this series, Truth, Judgment and Eternity, I intend to deliver messages that check the solidness of our Christian foundation so as to guard the good deposit that was entrusted to us as Christ's ambassadors on this earth. Okay, so this is uh, just a couple of verses that I believe has a, a, a very strong bearing on what the content of this sermon is. Matthew twenty four fourteen says, And this gospel, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Just a, a quick thought I want to put out there in relation to this. The end hasn't come yet, has it? That's because this gospel has not been preached. And in the last 60, 70 years, this gospel has been watered down and is, and is not still not being preached. A lot of uh, Western nations have this thing, oh, yeah, we're sort of slowly, we're sending missionaries into all these parts of the earth and, and therefore when we've reached every single corner of the earth, then... then the end will come because the gospel will preach to all nations. No, I believe the gospel has been so distorted through prosperity preaching, through uh, seeker-sensitive teachings, through all these other uh, movements that have uh, been raised up, that uh, the gospel hasn't been preached, as in the truth, the pure, unadulterated word of God has not been preached to all nations. Therefore, the end will not come. So if we want Jesus to return, let's start preaching what the Bible says and let's not change anything. Let's not make it weak so that people can accept it easy. Let's teach the hard truth because that's going to bring Jesus. That's going to that's gonna get Jesus on his horse, if you know what I mean. <laughs> He's going to get on that white stallion. He's going to ride back when this word has reached the ears of every single man and woman and child on the planet. Amen. Luke twenty four forty seven, And it says, and repentance. This is the true unadulterated word of God. This is what's going to be preached before the end. And repentance. What's repentance? Te telling people to turn from sin. That's what's going to be preached. Now you imagine if someone goes out powerfully or, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of men and women of God over all the earth go out preaching repentance. Repent and turn. It's going to bring persecution upon the church, isn't it? Because no one in this day and age wants to repent and stop sinning because sin is, sinning is, is in. It's in vogue. So and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And then it's obviously, uh, so it's going to start in Jerusalem, repentance. And, and they're talking about a, at that very time because that's where it started. Peter began gave the first repentance sermon and uh, many were saved at that time and the church grew rapidly. It began at Jerusalem, but it's going to end when all the nations hear it. But if you don't preach the true word of God, then we're not t fulfilling that part of 
that prophecy which Jesus says the end's going to come once the word of God is preached to all nations. Okay? And what greater medium, too, than the internet? You can get into millions and millions of people's, you know, homes right into their bedroom, right one-on-one with souls that need to hear this truth. I reckon the internet was foreseen by Jesus as a medium with which he will use to get the true word of God to people where the, every person in, in all the nations will hear the word of God. Amen? So this sermon, it's called A Message to Humanity. Now, by the very nature of men, the moment someone stands up to give a warning to humanity, the multitudes will get great satisfaction in tearing him down. Amen? The moment someone stands up and says, okay, guys, we've got to, we've got to change. We've got to do something uh, drastic here because we're on a, a, a wayward path. The moment someone stands up to say that, we're going to, that person's going to get torn down. So I'm prepared. I'm, excuse me. I know what this message is going to stir in people. As soon as they see the title, Message to Humanity. Okay, what does this guy want to preach? What's this guy trying to say? Who's he trying to you know, tell me to change? You know, They get their noses out of joint. The fact of the matter is, we all know that we're on a collision course with death. Humanity is on a collision course with death. If something doesn't stop soon, eventually buttons are going to be pushed and this world is going to be wiped out for good if Jesus doesn't return before. So something's got to be done. Something's got to be done. And there's going to be more people with messages to humanity in the name of Christ, not in their own name or in the name of someone else who's died and is in the grave and has never been raised to life and does not, is not God, but in the name of Jesus Christ, who is God, who is God. If you don't believe that as a, as a Bible-believing Christian, then watch my sermon I did uh, last week or a few weeks ago called Jesus is God. It's in my, on my channel. Humanity is on a slippery slope, descending rapidly on this slippery slope and increasing speed daily. The humanity is slipping down a terrible path. We can all see it. The world news testifies to that every day. You know, we are going into something that we wished we never entered into. And most people don't know how to do anything about it. But you know what my point is? Is preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Tell people. Tell people about Jesus Christ. They've got to hear it. They've got to hear it because Jesus says, then the end will come. So if, that, if what we're, we're in a day where the end is coming rapidly, it's coming so fast, and the gospel must be preached. So do everything in, within your power to reach men with the gospel. This message is to warn humanity that the God who created all men is coming to the end of his patience. God is coming to the end of his patience. You think about it. If you were God and you had seen the world move to the level of decadence that it's moved to now, would you not start to get sick of men? Right? Now, Jesus gives us some clear indications of when we know the end is upon us. And there's going to be wars, there's going to be rumours of wars, famines, pestilences in various places. And these are the beginning of the birth pains, beginning of the contractions before the end comes. And during all this, the level of uh, sickness that people are going to be expressing through their love of sin is going to be so rife 
that the God of gods, the King of kings and Lord of lords is going to lose patience. He's a long-suffering God, a patient God, patient, not wanting anyone to perish, the Bible says. He's coming to the end of that patience. And don't let anyone deceive you. Don't let your own mind deceive you into thinking that, yeah, we've still got plenty of time. You know, there's dooms. This is not a doomsday message. This is a reality message. Look at our world. Look at our world. It declares to you the truth of what I'm saying. Watch the evening news, the world news. It declares to you the truth of what I'm saying. Something's got to be done, guys. Amen? Who's with me on what I'm saying here? There's been a quick decay of our culture, a quick one. It's been a quick work by Satan. In many Western countries, men and women are obsessed with self. It's the me generation. (laughs) Me, 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 me. Everything's about me. Greed, sex, money. Add to that materialism. Materialism is huge. It's entertainment. And that's, you know, music and movies and stuff. We all love a bit of entertainment, don't we? Crime. Death. You know how many people worship death there are bands the death metal bands it's all about death and you watch rage i don't know just the last few weeks i've just happened to slip on and watch a bit of rage just to quickly get an insight into what is actually getting played on that music uh it's like an mtv type of show isn't it i'm amazed how many people how many bands pretty well every band that goes on there are sick and twisted outrageous outrageous their obsession with death and darkness is just, I can't believe it. There's, you don't see one song that's just a really good feeling song where the people are expressing happiness and joy and doing good. It's always corrupt and dark and evil. And if they can make the evil thing even more evil, they know that it will get more people watching their video and thinking they're real tough and they're cool and they're the in band, you know, but it's sickening. You watch that and you just think how, how bad this is. This is really bad. And the people that are doing it don't even realize what they're doing. They're adding to the corruption of our culture with every video where they put these clips out there expressing evil in all its forms. They're adding to the decay of our culture. And they're, they're the ones that will stand up and say, you know, oh, why is the world like it is? You always hear these people that add to the corruption of our culture, always standing up saying that they don't agree with, you know, all these bad things that are going on in the world and these leaders and what they're doing. But they're, they're doing yeah, they're, they're the ones that are, you know, putting in their bit. You know, every human puts their bit in. And if you put in an evil bit, <laughs> you've added to the overall evil. You know what I mean? So many will say that humanity has always been like this, and to a degree, that is true. You know, has there always been evil on the planet? Yep, right from day one. But never have we seen it to the degree that we see it today. Just 60 years ago, our culture, for this is just an example, our culture rejected sex before marriage as a standard. And to the most part, men and women got married before they had relations, to the most part. It was the way it happened. Whereas today, if we enter into marriage without having sex, we would be considered weird. Now, we've all been sucked into this, guys. Every one of us has been sucked into this culture, 
right, me included, you know, but it didn't always used to be like this. And, and this is what most of us that have been born into this culture ha- don't realise. It wasn't always like this. Actually, this is a new phenomenon. The way we all function as humans today, our moral codes today haven't always been like this. It's a modern phenomenon. The decay of morality and prophecy. See, in 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5, Paul spoke about these days. He said, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. Terrible. Why? This is what's going to cause these times to be terrible. People will be lovers of themselves. You know, there's nothing worse than self-obsessed people. People filled with huge egos that have to be satisfied. doesn't matter if they have to tear someone down to satisfy their own ego. They do. So you've got lovers of, peop- of, them, of, of themselves. This is causing terrible times. Lovers of money. The obsession with money is just... Uh, I've never seen it so bad. Everyone is. Everyone is. Boastful. These people are boastful, they, they're proud, they're abusive, they're disobedient to their parents, they're ungrateful, they're unholy, they're without love, they're unforgiving, they don't forgive. Someone does something to them, that's it, they never forgive them, they're slanderous, they slander people like nobody's business. God, we've all done parts of these things, we've all acted in these things, so we're all guilty. I put up my hand, I'm guilty. If it's not for Jesus' blood, man, I, I deserve hell. Slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure. (laughs) Are we in that age? Lovers of pleasure. People live for pleasure. Rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. What does the word tell us here? Have nothing to do with them. Have nothing to do with them, meaning have nothing to do with those qualities. We've got, to, we've got to rid ourselves of those qualities. We've got to shed them all. And you know, it's hard. Even as Christians, it's hard to, to shed all those things that have been ingrained into us through our culture, through everything we watch on TV, through all the music that we listen to, to all the people that we spend time with. This stuff is pushed on us more and more and more. And we can't insulate ourselves from it by becoming a monk and living in some you know, little building on the top of a rock or something. You know what I mean? We would not be able to fill the Great Commission. Jesus says, go out into all the nations, make disciples of them. So we have got to bring, our influence has got to be stronger in our communities. In our sphere of influence, our influence has got to be stronger than the influence that's coming at us that we're yielding to. We can't yield to it anymore. Amen. There's been a decline in the decadence. Most of us do not have any idea just how far we have declined. It has been a quick yet subtle shift from the innocence and the purities of the 40s and the 50s through the decades, with each decade more morally decadent than the last. Every decade is more morally decadent than the last. Most of us who grew up in this period since the 40s and the 50s, we've all grown up in this, this period, everyone here, have known nothing but this kind of culture. And so when someone stands up and says, wake up, there is something dreadfully wrong, most people reject us as being sensational. You know, They reject the warning as sensationalism. 
I'm, you know, they'll say, oh, Rob, you're carrying on too much. What are you carrying on about this for? This is the world we live in. The world is all this information, technology and wealth, yet 95% of humanity lives in extreme poverty and those with the power to change the entire planet so that everyone could be supported simply don't do it. You know, those with the power, the 5%, with all the money, have that much of it that they could support not just our entire planet, but probably, you know, a hundred planets with the same population levels. We have that much wealth. We're talking multiple trillions of dollars in the hands of men who hoard the lot and keep people subjected because they want to control them and all those other people that are uh, what they would call subhuman, they don't want to do anything for. Let them starve. Let them die. Don't teach them nothing. Don't go over there and teach them how to you know, support themselves and give them the infrastructure to support themselves and make the whole planet flourish. You tell me that we don't have the money to do that? You tell me that they, that that the that those in power haven't got the capacity to do that. Well, from a moral point, no, they haven't got the capacity to do that because they're evil to the core. But they certainly have the resources. Amen. So rather they they blame many of the world's problems on overpopulation, and actually convince each other that it's better to rid the earth of billions of humans than to help them. You know how many people I've talked to that have swallowed that lie, that have believed that lie, I've been surprised that the people say, yeah, there's too many people on the planet. I'm going, what? You know you could fit the entire population, and I've heard this said uh, through uh, working out the square meterage of a planet, you could fit the entire population of the world in Texas in America, in the state of Texas. And there's room, plenty of room for everybody. You get in a plane and fly from one side of your country to another and you tell me there's not enough space for people? (laughs) No, the only reason it's overpopulated in the eyes of these elitists is because they don't want them there. And there's a reason, a deep, dark reason that they don't want them. But I'm not going into that today. But I'll just do your research and you'll find out why. As a result, they are currently planning to implement population control strategies upon the masses. This is true. Check it out. They're currently trying to, uh, or planning to implement population control. Now, what does population control mean? Culling population. And they're doing it through many different means. And they've done it in the past. And they'll do it again. And it says in the, in the last days it's going to be terrible, terrible, terrible times. So without God, the majority have kicked God out of their homes, they've kicked God out of their schools, out of their lives, and they've lived in opposition to God. Then they curse believers who say that Jesus died for them because God allows suffering in this world. I find it remarkable. They don't want God in their life, but they blame God for every woe on the planet rather than themselves. They want to have it their own way, do their own thing, live like the devil, sin to their heart's content, and then expect that if God exists, that he has no right to let anything bad happen to them. That God has no right to just allow the course of their moral decadence to bring, you know, if you live a certain way, you're just going to 
reap, you reap what you sow. You sow evil, you'll get evil. You don't sow evil and expect good. You know what I mean? There's a consequence. Now, God, it's not that God doesn't step in and help. God does step in and help if you pray, <laughs> if you live for him and believe in him. But if you're going to live a life of moral decadence like the world lives, then you're going to receive your, uh, the consequences of that lifestyle. All right, judge God. Then to top it all, men judge God as a sinister, morally devoid, heartless, careless and loveless God because he allows us to do what we want. That's really what it comes down to. Because God allows us to have free will and to do what we choose to do. And if we, by our nature, come to love him and, and serve him, then God will receive us. But if we don't, you'll get the consequence of your actions. Receive the consequence of your actions. They actually consider that that's not, that's not right, that, that God must be morally devoid and heartless and cruel to allow that. All right, they want nothing to do with God or his son Jesus, nor do they care to look into these things. They don't care to look into it to see if there's any truth. They assume that the Bible is a fraud and they reject all men's attempts to reach them with the salvation message of the cross. They judge God and choose willingly to be ignorant of the truth. They choose willing to be ignorant of the truth. Yet Romans 1 20 to 21 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. Men are without excuse. God's invisible quality, his eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made. Now, if you look at someone who is a, created in the most magnificent way, any scientist will say that it, the human form and the complexity of the systems and the eyes and everything is the most divinely created well, divinely, you know, it's a machine that just blows your mind at the complexity. You know, just one element of our, of our makeup is more advanced than the most advanced computer systems man can create, right? Now, if, if man will look at that, uh, that incredible machine, living machine, and say, that happened by chance, to me, that is just a cop-out, that is ignorant, that is denial, they, they deliberately reject God and his existence because there's too much evidence that God exists through the complexity, just the sheer complexity of how and the things he's created. Blows your mind. Blows your mind. You talk to any scientist, they are in awe of the little part of science that they're studying. They're in awe at the complexity of God's creation. Yet they'll say, oh, this happened by chance. Over billions of years. Come on, man. Come on. Wake up. Let's not be ignorant any longer. Let's not deny uh, um, uh, an intelligence that is so divine, so far beyond our comprehension that we, if we can't understand our own beings, how can we possibly understand this God? And then just because we can't comprehend him, we deny he exists. Come on. Let's wake up. Let's wake up and stop believing the lies that we've been fed. Sort of infuriating, you know, when you know without a shadow of a doubt, when you believe and you know the truth of this, that 
that God has to be. It just, he has to be. There's too much evidence to the contrary. It says God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly seen. Clear. Richard Dawkins knows God exists. He's in denial. But when he lays down and it's two in the morning, he wakes up and he's just lying there and his evolution theory just doesn't add up in his head. He knows God exists. He knows and he fears him. But he's too proud. He's too proud to back down. He's like a soldier going in the battle and it's a losing battle. He's seeing all his, all the, his comrades drop, but he's not going to stop. He is, he's not going to run. But he's running to his doom. Oh, he's marching, sorry. He's marching into doom. If you reject God, for although, although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. Everything that is, is just by chance. But their thinking became futile. Evolution theory. <laughs> there it is. How did it happen? Chance. Come on. Man, that's, you know, there's more chance of a computer popping up into existence than just being able to work like, you know, like a top-line Macintosh computer, you know, Matthew. Just like, a, imagine a Mac just popping out of the ground by chance, just climbing out of the primordial soup. You'd be unlucky. Oh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> can you imagine a Macintosh computer climbing out of a primordial soup and just sitting there ready to be used? You can't, can you? Any scientist will tell you that DNA is a billion times more complex than a Macintosh computer. I'll agree with you there. All right. Hecklers. <laughs> I don't no, stand for... Looch. He's got a sharp elbow. Watch <laughs> All right. So they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile. And their foolish hearts were darkened. Their foolish hearts were darkened. What's that telling you? When your thinking becomes futile, when you entertain ridiculous concepts and deny God, who is obvious, it's God, your heart becomes darkened and, and they become ignorant. You know, they become prideful. That's the only reason they can hold strong despite all the evidence to the contrary. They will hold strong even in the face of death, laying on their deathbed, and they know they're about to enter in to eternal realms. And they're banking their hopes on some foolish atheistic theory. They do it. They go in there, scared out of their wits, but they won't back down. But my call today is this message is turn to Jesus, man. <coughs> turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus and live for him. Amen. Amen. Romans 1, 8, 18 to 19 says, For the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth. 
They hold it down. They don't let the truth... You know, do you know how many organisations are out there covering up evidence, historical and archaeological evidence that proves the Bible is true and they're covering it up as quick as they can? Even though they know it's true, they know this evidence that they're covering up is hiding truth... Anything that's going to support the Bible and teach and, and reveal to the people that the Bible is in fact true, they're hiding it. They're covering it up rapidly. You know, I've watched some videos about the, the uh, Nephilim skeletons that have been found and discovered and have been uh, hidden straight away. Authorities just come in, claim them and get rid of them. You don't see them again revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Only wicked men could do that. Amen. Who don't want people to know the truth. Since what may be known about God is plain to them. See, to these people, it's plain. What may be known about God is plain. They know it's true, but they work for the other side. (laughs) They're in opposition. They actually think they're going to win the battle. I'm talking about the Battle of Armageddon. There's a great battle that the Bible talks about. The Bible tells us that God wins the Battle of Armageddon. They're getting told that the other side win it. And they believe in that. So they're suppressing the truth to do with the side of righteousness, the side of God, the side of Jesus. Because God has made it plain to them. God has made it plain to these people. That's why they've made a decision. I will follow Lucifer, I will not follow Jesus. They have made a decision. It's plain before them and they've made taken their side. So we all know God exists, it is clearly evident. All men deep in their heart know that God exists. For his creation testifies to his handiwork. But men would rather believe that he does not exist, for then they do not have to be accountable. That is why they burn with rage against the concept of God. That's why when you bring up God with some people, their faces go red. And you bring it up nicely and their faces go red. You just think, wow, where'd that come from? They don't want to be accountable. They don't want to have to change. Because if you, have to, if you believe in God, if you actually turn and believe in God as your Lord and Saviour in Jesus Christ, that means you become accountable to God. That means you've got to change. And men don't want to change. That's the essence of why they came up with the seeker-sensitive movement. Because that way, and this is why the gospel's watered down, water down the gospel, don't worry about sin, don't worry about repentance and all that stuff. Just tell them they're saved regardless of what they do. Then we'll keep our churches full. People won't have to be accountable to a holy God. And, you know, we make plenty of money as a church organisation. That's not the true gospel, though. That's not the true gospel. So because of this, the wrath of God is coming and is being revealed to all men who die without Jesus. The wrath of God is coming. And throughout the last 2,000 years, the wrath of God has been revealed. Everyone who has died without Jesus Christ goes to a place the Bible calls hell. The wrath of God has been revealed to them. For the last 2,000 years, it's being constantly revealed through every generation that dies. They've exchanged truth for lies. Romans one twenty two to 25 says, Although they claim to be wise, who? The, this, the people of our generation and all the generations past, these wise men who do not believe in God, although they claim to be wise, they became fools, and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God 
and uh, this is talking about just one form of things that they've done. They've uh, for images made to look like mortal man, birds, animals, and reptiles. That's men, men who have bowed down to graven images. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. And that's why you see what a lot of these secret cults, they practice um, uh, sex magic, they call it. And um, they have, uh, you know, uh, lots of uh, debauched sexual practices practiced in their religion or their religious belief. But again, therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie willingly and worshipped and served created things rather than the creator. You, you look at it, uh, Hinduism, they worship cows, created things. Or things they themselves have created. And what have man come along and, you know, they've created sports like soccer where millions of people around the world worship the sport of soccer and they worship their teams. Then you've got rock bands and you've got fans who worship the rock bands. You know, do anything for these guys. So they're worshipping the creation rather than the creator. Then you've got new age movements and they worship trees. They worship the earth. They worship the sun. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy what men, they've exchanged the truth of God for a lie. So this is the message. I must point out that there is a growing awareness both from secular and religious viewpoints of a rising tyranny. So the mes this message is to confront two parts. It's confront the sin that we find ourselves in, the lifestyles and the culture that we've been subjected to and also the elitists who are controlling this whole thing so i must point out there's a growing awareness both from secular and religious viewpoints of a rising tyranny designed by men who currently control entire countries through debt this tyranny has been rising steadily for over 200 years and they are not far from achieving what every dictator of the past coveted and that is to rule the entire world and it might sound ridiculous some people go oh come on man well, what has what every dictator of the past coveted? They wanted to rule the world. You know, Hitler's one of our recent examples. He wanted to rule the world. If he had the opp opportunity, he would have taken it. Thankfully, he was stopped before he achieved it. But man, he got close. He wanted to rule the world. So this is not a strange new phenomenon I'm presenting here. This is a, a thing that there's always men in every generation that want to rule the world. This plan that they've implemented since 1776 is working very effectively. And it's, they, it was a long-term plan. They didn't try to do it in a couple of years by using military might. They've just slowly done it. How? Through gaining control of the economics or the economies of the world. Gain control of the economies. The Bible says the borrower is servant to the lender or a slave to the lender. So he who controls the power to loan money controls the earth. It's an obvious. So every dictator of the past coveted this power to rule the earth. The infrastructure, 
and the legislation is nearly in place for this one world economic religious system to be set up. And it will be instituted in the name of world peace. It's going to be instituted in the name of world peace. There's going to be a, a they've, they've, the plan is, is to let the economies of the world cave in. And because we, the economies of the world are set up by a fractional reserve system, which means basically without going too far into it, that all money in circulation is borrowed money and has to be paid back with interest, which means you've got to borrow more money to pay it back with interest. So that debt is just going to blow up like a big balloon and it's designed to explode. It's not designed to last forever. It has to crumble. The economies of the world must crumble because they're under a system that is designed to crumble. So, and it's to bring back world peace from the mayhem that this crumbling causes worldwide, they're going to institute a one world government. And now you guys have all heard me talk about this and you've heard people all over the earth talk about this, but every day that goes past is a day closer to that thing being instituted. Gladly we can say that when this thing is instituted that we're closer to the return of Christ than ever. But that's, there's another side to it though. Uh, the problem with it is like all forms of communism or, or all forms of fascism, historically they've always brought about the death of millions of innocent people. History proves that communism doesn't work. That's why I can't understand people that are so into it. Just look through the history books, man. You've got a really good example of how bad it is. So don't believe the propaganda you're reading. It always brings about the death of millions and millions of people. Except it be God himself, in the man of Jesus Christ, no one man can rule 196 countries which have different cultures and religious people groups without horrific consequences. To rule them all, they must institute a form of tyranny, a form of despotism. And despotism is just the exercise of absolute power, exercise of absolute power in a cruel and oppressive way. To control 196 countries, you must oppress the masses, just like every form of communism has done in the past. The problem with these ruling elitists is it does not take long to discover that these men are blatantly Luciferians, which means they worship Lucifer, who is Satan. Their religious beliefs are openly satanic. They practice secret rituals which are akin to the Baal worship practiced by the rebellious of ancient Israel and their neighbours who also practice Baal worship, but just at this stage, far more diabolical. Back in the uh, Old Testament, we find that some of the leaders of Israel uh, were sacrificing their children in the flames. This was in the Bible. You know, Bible that's what I love about the Bible. It doesn't hold anything back. It tells us the blatant truth of history as it was. It doesn't try to say Israel was perfect. It wasn't by far, far from perfect. They used to sacrifice their children in the flames. How? How? Now, these men practice this same kind of stuff. As we know, like from Alistair Crowley, who was also an early, who was a Luciferian, um, he was known to have, this is as the story goes, have killed children and sacrificed them to Lucifer. So this message is to forewarn you of this coming tyranny as well as to point out that the culture, the lifestyle, and many belief systems you follow, many of the belief systems we're all following, have been manipulated by these same elitists who control the media, the entertainment industry, 
the music industry, the education system, etc., etc., and pretty much most religious systems on earth are controlled by these elitists. Radical Islam is financed by these same men. That's why when you go into supermarkets, you see so many of our local products putting the symbol that it's a halal product, which means that the Muslims can look at it and go, yeah, I can buy this. But do you know those same companies in our, in our country, of Australia, these countries pay the Muslims so they can put that ticket on their cheese and on their products, because I've seen it on cheese, you can look at it on other products. They pay them so they can put it there. Just so a minority of people who's... Because Islam is a small minority in Australia. It's just so they will all buy their product. It's amazing they're getting paid. Anyway. The point is, Nazi Germany's war machine and culture was mass manipulated by propaganda. Amen? Is that true? We all know that. Well, the propaganda coming out of our TVs and movie theatres and media and music industry make Nazi propaganda look like a joke in comparison. And when you look at the old propaganda movies, it's, it's a literal joke. But now we've, they, they're so much more crafty today. They're so much more clever in the way they're disseminating this information. In these modern times, most people accept what is fed them through these mediums without question. Have you noticed people just if it's said it on TV, it must be true. Not to that degree, at least if the news reports on it, oh, that's what happened. Our culture is so sick and debauched now that they, have, they think you're weird if you don't plunge yourself into the same sexually perverse lifestyles. If you don't drink, if you don't get stoned, if you don't watch porn, if you don't swear and curse, then you're not normal. Amazing, isn't it? How'd the world ever get to this? And guys, I've been sucked in just like... We've all been sucked in. You know, isn't it time we stand in opposition? Jesus says, be separate. Christians are to be separate. Do you know, if we don't stand in separation to this culture, he's going to hold us accountable. We're going to have to give an answer. Why did you continue to follow the crowd? You know, you don't want to be one of those that Jesus tells us about that says, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy? Did we not do this for you? Did we not do that for you? And he says, away from me, you evildoer. I never knew you. If you don't separate yourself, you could very well end up being called an evildoer, a worker out of iniquity, and be thrown into the eternal fire. This is the truth. Jesus warned us. I'm not saying this just to put fear in everybody. I'm saying it because Jesus said it. For a reason. He wants his people to be clean. He wants a pure bride, a spotless bride. When he comes back, he wants to see his bride looking magnificent, shining in the face of all opposition. So if your life is not shining, shine. Start shining. Start shining it up. Start dropping those things that are causing you to sin. So humanity in general indulge in evil like it's nothing and they're so quick to condemn anyone who questions it, they actually believe that they will never be accountable to anyone for they are free to do what they want. My question is, do you really think that the maxim do what you want is your own invention, that you thought it up yourself? You know, I've heard people so cleverly think that they're so with it and they're so like, you know, philosophical and in an essence all they're saying is that, you know, I'm free to do what I want. You know, that's what life's all about. 
Where did they get that from? It's not their own thought. That's a cultural manipulation that they've accepted. They've, been ex they've accepted that. You know, when I look at all the uh, pop stars and rock stars and, the, uh, you know, comedians and that, they, they love it when people are rebellious. Rebellion is, uh, is promoted in our culture. Rebellious. Don't do what the authorities say. I heard that, other, that guy, um, that English comedian, um, Russell Brand, you know, bragging about how much crime he committed, you know, before he became famous. Bragging about all that, as if it's so cool that he was like that, that he was locked up, you know, or, or grabbed by the cops all the time. And, you know, I'm amazed that that sort of stuff can be, he can be so proud of that. Yeah, but that's the culture we live in. Do you think that all of your thoughts are original and are unique to you when the bulk of humanity think the same way? And I added here in different degrees, of course. Not everyone's extremely wicked, but everyone gets into something they shouldn't. Have you ever sat back and thought that all this crime, corruption, murder, rape, strife, war, theft, and things that make life so unlivable at times that we all have contributed towards it. Have you ever thought that you yourself have contributed to that? Have you ever thought that if I was to just stop following the crowd and reject the propaganda and aim to live a good, wholesome life, acknowledging Jesus as God, that from your corner of the globe, light would shine forth into this darkness which surrounds us? We are surrounded by darkness we are drowning in darkness and too many of us Christians we sit back and we're too afraid to even mention Jesus in public or to testify to him and to point out to someone who you know needs to hear it that they should reject the lifestyle they've been living and turn to Jesus don't be afraid anymore just tell them man tell them and if you get persecuted for it, then thank God. Thank God that he's counted you worthy to suffer and partake in his sufferings. Because did Jesus take more abuse and, you know, a persecution than any of us? You know, he was on the cross. He'd just been nailed to the cross. People were throwing stones at him, spitting at him and calling him everything you could imagine. They were cursing him like you could not believe. If you saw it, you would be, you would just, wouldn't be able to hold back the tears of the suffering, the level of intense suffering, spiritual, physical, and mentally, emotionally, everything was against Jesus at that time. And what did he say? Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. We need to reject this tyrannical propaganda before it's too late, before we completely destroy ourselves. We need to realise that when you take all the conspiracy theories on earth and analyse them as a total package, there is really just one main conspiracy theory. With all conspiracies combined, there is really, it comes down to one thing. And this is how you can divide these conspiracy theories as well. The conspiracy theory which encapsulates all theories is one which I call the battle for the souls of men. That's really what it is. It's a battle for souls. Because when it comes down to it, everyone is going to die. And when they die, they go to one of two places. And so everything is designed to either lure you 
into one of those two places. And that really cuts conspiracy theories right down the centre, doesn't it? If you think of it from that perspective. The battle for souls is the war which rages daily between God and his gospel proclamation of salvation in Jesus Christ versus Satan and his message of delusion which comes in every sphere of philosophy, science, religion and culture. You know, over, over the years, and we've done a lot of uncovering religion sermons and we've discussed many of these things, it's amazing how many areas Satan infiltrates. And he doesn't respect any of his philosophies. As long as they keep people from Jesus, he doesn't care in what form they come. But the, the gospel of Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. It does not change. And I will die for that gospel proclamation. Right? How can any one of these people die for what Satan teaches? Because it's all different. He doesn't care. As long as it deceives people. He just uses anything and everything. Amen? So Satan uses whatever lies he needs to deceive men into rejecting Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour of the human race. He has been extremely successful in his worldwide deception and uses whatever means available to him to lead the masses astray. Whatever means. And uh, 2 Thessalonians 2, 8 to 12 says, And then the lawless one will be revealed. This is right at the end, uh, at the seven-year, beginning of the seven-year tribulation period. The lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. How easy is Jesus going to destroy Satan? Just the breath of his mouth. You know, just his splendor. <laughs> He's not exerting much power at all there. Just the splendor of his coming and the breath of his mouth and the lawless one is going to be destroyed. Man, that's amazing. Anyway, the coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with the work of Satan. And listen to this, displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs and wonders, and we've been seeing those counterfeit miracles, signs and wonders for 2,000 years now. And in every sort of evil, doesn't matter what kind, every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. That's why they're perishing, because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. And because they've refused to love the truth, it says for this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie. So these guys who have been, who God's going to send this powerful delusion will believe the lie Satan has come up with. And they're going to be his, his like his army. <laughs> they're going to serve Satan so that they'll believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. They'll all be condemned because they've delighted in wickedness. Men today delight in wickedness. So we've all been caught up in this sweeping deception, this great cosmic conspiracy, and have swallowed the lies and accepted the disinformation without question. But we're waking up. You know, there's, and you know what? A lot of secular, secular um, you know, conspiracy theorists and stuff have, have woken a lot of people up. And a lot of them have actually turned to Jesus. So there's been a, a movement, an awakening, and not just coming from the Christian circles. But if you don't realize that Jesus is Lord, then you're just as deceived as everybody else. So your conspiracy theories still deceive you. you know, so they're, they're another form that Satan uses to deceive the masses. 
That's why you don't go and watch that, um, what's that video called, um, Zeitgeist. Because he's a conspiracy theorist, but he's got it all wrong. He's, he plays Jesus as the evil side, you know, and he's stuck uh, Christianity there, and he's, he's coming against Christianity. So he's, in his attempts to wake people up, he's just brought them further and deeper into the lie and the deception. Anyway, if you believe mainstream science and its view of the afterlife, if you believe the anti-Christian documentaries and the deliberate twisting of truth, then you have accepted the propaganda of the Luciferians who are slowly but surely indoctrinating you. The only truth that we can hold to firmly and stand on in days to come is the truth that Jesus Christ, and he died for the sins of men and defeated Satan by the power of his shed blood. That's the only truth that we can hold firmly to in these days. And that is one truth that you can never let go of. Amen? Hold it in your heart deeply and let it change you now. If you hold firmly to Christ as Saviour, then when you pass on from this short life and enter into the eternal realm, Jesus will be there to take you to himself into his eternal glory if you hold firm. Uh, there is no greater hope or confidence that we can have in this life of uncertainty. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth and he is the life. Amen. 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 All right. So that's the message today. And Lord, I just pray that this message uh, gets taken far and wide and reaches into the hearts of, of multitudes of people who would otherwise fall to Satan's lies and, and his deception as sweeping over this earth. I pray you wake up many people and uh, I pray that you touch their hearts, touch their lives and turn people to Jesus. Lord, pour out your spirit on man, on men all over the earth and let your word and let your word reach into their hearts and transform and change them by the power of God. And we pray, that, pray this in your wonderful name and uh, we pray that your name will be exalted on the earth as it is in heaven. And we pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this sermon. If you search Rob Cartledge in the iTunes store or go to www.robcartledge.com, you'll see a number of different sermon series uncovering religion, truth, judgment, and eternity, apologetics 101, critical doctrine, and end times. Feel free to check them out.